0: They may be called the next generation, but they're the church of today. Reach, disciple, and mobilize students to share the hope of the gospel. This is Next Gen On Mission with Shane Pruitt and Paul Wooster.
1: Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Next Gen On Mission podcast. My name is Shane Pruitt. I'm the Next Gen Director for the North American Mission Board. And with me always is my my ride or die, my co-host, Paul Wooster, our National Collegiate Director. What's
0: up, Paul? What's up, man? Hey, I had my uh, a midlife crisis moment, man, <laughs> yesterday. I don't know if you saw on my Instagram, but I busted out my skateboard. I took my son, my 10-year-old son, to the skate park, and I busted out a like 13-year-old skateboard. And tried to do a board slide on it, and it just like snapped. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> I got it on video. You should check it out if you guys want to check it out. Look on my Instagram, but it's, a, it's I should send it to that Kook Slams thing. Uh, but I, needless to say, it's motivated me to lose those last ten or so pounds. You know? <laughs> so you're saying that skateboard had a weight limit? That's what you're yeah, saying. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, hey, I'm just impressed. I mean, because Paul, you're. I mean, you're a, a border. Uh, a surfer. And dude, I can't do any of that, man. Like, you know, I can barely walk without falling down. So man, uh, mad props to you. And then I see, man, like, you know, uh, you've been hitting the CrossFit gym. So man, you know, they say muscle weighs more fat. So we'll just say it's your muscle that broke. Yeah,
0: that's what I'll go with. Yep. Yeah, that's
1: good. Awesome. Hey, Paul, I'm so excited about our guest today. He's a dear friend to you and I both. Um, and he is a high-capacity leader. God's done amazing things through him, continues to do amazing things through him, but even in a high-capacity leadership role, he is still one of the most kind, uh, humble, meek, encouraging leaders I know, so I'm so excited to have him on today, and Paul, we're talking about no one other than the great Bill, no, he is the associate director of Texas Baptist Center for uh, Collegiate Ministry, uh, former campus minister, collegiate ministry volunteers at the church. Uh, He loves to see college students uh, grow in their walk in the Lord. Uh, He was also uh, previously a collegiate director for Lifeway. Um, God has just done so much through this man, continues to do stuff through this man. Um, He just got so much wisdom and experience. So I'm just excited to tap into that today. So, Bill, welcome to the Next on Mission podcast today, my friend. Man, thank you, guys. I, I wish I could just have you all follow me around, kind
2: of be like hype guys all the time. That would be. <laughs> <laughs> anytime,
0: man. Anytime.
1: Yeah, Paul and I can definitely do the hype. Yeah, we are, we are definitely a hype duo. We love that. Hey, Bill, today, as you can see, uh, those that are listening, you can't see, but those that may be watching the video that we have on uh, our YouTube channel now. Is Paul, in honor of you as a new Texas native, hey, welcome first of all to the greatest nation in the world, Texas. Uh, I have my DBU hat on today, Dallas Baptist University hat and shirt on, just for you being on today. Well, I
2: appreciate. It. I'm trying to learn all the the Texas lingo. I've figured out two really important things are Whataburger and Bucky's. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I'm trying to make sure I work those into my Texas lifestyle, but. Uh, it's been a great transition to Texas,
1: man. Hey, you're learning quickly. You're you're learning quickly, my friend. Hey, Bucky's and Waterburger. If you run on those two tracks, you will be welcomed into the fold very quickly, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I went to uh, In and Out when I was in Waco, Texas, and the weirdest thing is there was no line. Because everyone yeah, was yeah. at Waterburger, I was like, "What's <laughs> going on here?" <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I remember when,
1: uh, if y'all remember, about three years ago, Waterburger was bought by an outside corporation outside of Texas. And man, you would have thought mutiny took place here in Texas. <laughs> like, Traitors! You know? <laughs> yeah, but we still love it. We, we're still loyal. <laughs> hey, Bill. We always ask our guests this, before we get too spiritual, what's one fun fact we need to know about you that we may not already know?
2: I'm going to say two. One, probably a lot of people know, but I have kind of an addiction to Diet Coke. The (laughs) one that's probably a little more interesting is I actually had a slaughter class in college, because of being an animal science major, oh, so okay. I had a, oh, a lab yeah. where me and a partner would have a pig walk in, and we would take it all the way down to pork, pork chop, so that was a very uh, interesting part of my college journey.
0: Wow. <laughs> oh, man. I just have this picture of you sipping on Diet Cokes, just like chopping pigs up, man. Dude, no doubt. From now on, you are known as Bill the Butcher, man. You are Bill the Butcher. Yes. Awesome. (laughs) I love that. Those are definitely unique, especially the second one. Um, So we're jumping into more serious questions. What do we need to know about Generation Z?
2: You know, some of my, one of my favorite things about Gen Z is their love for diversity. And I think they hold this bright hope for really seeing some progress in some of the the long overdue um, areas that we need to see some change, both in the church, within the church and with In society as a whole. So I love how much they um, embrace diversity. I think another thing about Gen Z, especially for ministry leaders, that um, has been insightful for me to just remember and realize is how much more post Christian they are, increasingly post Christian, Mm -hmm. obviously more so than any other generation. And I think, especially for somebody like me that's done so much ministry in the South and now in Texas, that especially for ministry leaders in those areas. I mean, guys like you in California, you kind of already, you know, are further down. Mm -hmm. But I think for many of us, it it forces a shift in in how we approach ministry. And we've got to be more about, I mean, we should have always been first and foremost about engaging with the gospel, but I think even more so now that's important that we can't just be about gathering Christians. Um, because on the college campus and, and in our youth groups, um, that's definitely not the majority anymore. Yeah, come We've got to be move more to to being proactive about engaging uh, our students with the gospel.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Bill. I love that. I agree completely. And Bill, that's why I always enjoy being around you. Um, you know, you and I first met, we had both heard of each other, but we first met in person. We were at an event equipping uh, collegiate leaders um, and I was there teaching a breakout, and you were there speaking as well. And we got to meet there. And then you and I were together literally when the world was changing during the <laughs> yeah. spring break of 2020. Do you remember that? We That's, were in true. That's true. Panama City Beach during uh, Beach Reach, and you and I were together getting to uh, see college students. Uh, go share their faith with other college students during spring break. So I love your passion for the gospel. Like you love reaching people the gospel, but you also love equipping people the gospel and you're so practical on that. So I love how fired up you are about knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. Where does that come from? Share a little bit of your story with us.
2: So I, I definitely grew up in the church and was always around Christianity. It's a big part of my story from, you know, from the very beginning. But it was really for me during college that probably like a lot of people really owned my faith because it was the first time that deciding whether or not I was going to wake up on Sunday and go to church was my decision. Mm-hmm. And, you know, thankfully, I had a strong foundation to then grow from and and to to be set up well to, to really own that faith in a more personal way. But I think during college, engagement with missions and um, opportunities to be involved in leadership where I was not just learning, but exercising how God yeah. gifted me for ministry and, and learning my spiritual gifts and using those was so, so huge in, in my life. Um, but I think also just looking back, probably the, the thing that's had the biggest impact on me is, is just constantly coming back to the gospel and reminding myself That Jesus in my place, Um, you know, it's interesting. You you mentioned Beatrice because I think those especially are standout moments for me that Mm -hmm. were so pivotal and central, and just kind of helping me stay on that trajectory of of having a heart for the lost. Um, Because it was there's something about those kinds of experiences that kind of help bring you back to that personal need for the gospel, while also you know actively engaging and and sharing it. And, um, especially in that beach reach environment, it's not, it's not a us versus them kind of yeah. mentality or us versus them kind of ministry. It's a leading with understanding your own brokenness, your own need for the gospel. And then you, you can't help, but, you know, leave our worship services and go out and, and share and, and, and engage with a lost world. Um, So those things have, you know, are all things that have been really important for me.
0: Yeah,
1: it's
2: good.
0: Yeah, that's so good. I, I mean, think about my own story. It was a conference, a winter conference. I grew up in church and it was at that conference that God really opened my eyes to his mission and all that. So there's something about these catalytic events, these mission experiences and really, Gen Send, NAM, we have these things called Jensen breaks that we do these short term, one week little experiences. And so, and we also do summer long projects. This is a little free advertisement. This was not planned, but I just <laughs> felt like, hey, we, we have those. If anyone's listening for college students, even high school students, we have missions experiences. And I know Bill has been involved in a lot of the behind the scenes work. Mm-hmm. And really, your heart, I can tell, is to encourage and equip leaders, especially. And so I know that's something that you're really passionate about. So why do you think investing in other leaders is so strategic? And what do you have, what advice would you have for someone that wants to get involved in that, encouraging other leaders, and they exa- they don't know exactly where to start?
2: Yeah, so I think one thing I would say, especially in terms of, um, you know, why why it's important to, Um, invest in, encourage other leaders is because, you know, no model, no group, no, no one method has cornered the market on, on reaching lost, lostness. Um, And so Mm -hmm. we need, we need everybody. We all have something to learn, but we all have something to give. And so um, I think that encouragement of, of other leaders with one another is so important to help kind of keep everybody at the table and keep everybody on the front lines. And so I think just one suggestion or tip is is just not to overlook those small opportunities you have to, mm-hmm. to listen, to encourage other leaders. Mm-hmm. You know, social media, I think is a great way to do that. To, mm-hmm. As you see mm-hmm. other people sharing about what's going on in their ministry, to be quick to like, to be quick to say, way to go, mm-hmm. you know, quick to say, so thankful for you. We're all in this together. You know, love hearing the story of ministry on your campus. Like, I think that just goes such a long way in in continuing to to motivate and encourage one another when we can often feel isolated and alone and wow. overwhelmed with the ministry need. uh we need that encouragement from one another to to kind of keep pushing us forward
0: yeah i I really like that piece you've mentioned, even on social media. What feels mm-hmm. small um is actually a big deal, like if someone posts or if someone sends out an email newsletter just a quick response saying, hey, good job. Like a lot of collegiate leaders send these email newsletters Mm -hmm. and I've sent out a bunch of them and it felt like it was just, I sent out to hundreds of people, but nothing. Like we had led a bunch of people to Jesus. I'm like, okay, I hope they saw it. I don't even know. Mm -hmm. But just getting one response, it's encouragement goes way farther than we think it does. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I I agree. And I almost feel like in today's kind of, world that's very polarizing especially on social media being able to encourage each other on social media social media because i think there's some out there that think like cynicism and criticism are fruits of the holy spirit <laughs> They're not, <you> know? <laughs> and so just to encourage one another to go hey we're in this race together and run this together and affirming and celebrating each other is so helpful and we really are better together and so bill even in light of that um you, you work with so many next gen leaders and Paul does as well. And I do as well. And, you know, one thing that we keep hearing, you know, is, is just so many leaders are tired, uh, frustrated, confused, on the edge of burnout, considering walking away. Some have walked away. Unfortunately, we even know some personally who not only walked away from ministry, but they're claiming to walk away from the faith, you know? Right. Um, and so what are, what are some just common things that you're hearing from next-gen leaders today that they're really struggling with? And then maybe how we can be an encouragement there. Yeah.
2: You know, I'm, I'm not sure that I've ever not heard a next-gen um, leader that has shared with me that they haven't felt like they're on an island at times. I mean, I think there's yeah. a common thread of feeling isolated and alone. And, you know, I think college ministry leaders, often they feel like, you know, I'm the only one that shares maybe this burden for my campus or mm-hmm. they're an on-campus ministry leader. They kind of feel isolated because they don't have, you know, another rest of a church staff or anything around them. I think youth ministry leaders sometimes can feel like, you know, they're on their own isolated in this one ministry area and the other church leaders are just kind of going on with other areas and, um, it's easy for, for next gen leaders to feel isolated and alone. I think also, as I talk to them, there's often a unique rhythm to our ministries, which may play into that because our rhythms are different maybe than, uh, yeah, that's right. The church yeah. calendar or something like that, mm-hmm. yeah. um, that can also make them feel isolated. But it also, you know, especially thinking about college ministry leaders, I'm sure the same kind of thing exists in, in youth ministry world. But for college ministry leaders, that rhythm of, you know, the beginning of the semester, you're like all out sprint through, you know, the middle of September. And then maybe it you have a little bit of a breather, but it's still, you know, full on ministry through the whole semester then christmas break you get a little bit of a break but then it all starts over again in the the spring mm-hmm. and in the mm-hmm. summer you kind of have a break so it's kind of these start stop you know sprint pause rhythms that especially in those all out sprint times is just easy to feel depleted and um to then feel even more isolated and all that so i think those two yeah. things i hear often from college ministry leaders and and uh, next gen leaders I think also, especially when I was at Lifeway, one of the unique things that I got to do is plan big conferences for lots of leaders mm-hmm. to be part of, so always talking to groups about what are the areas that you need training in or what should our breakouts be, and kind of evaluating from year to year how did this go what did, what do we need more of? what you know was amiss um, and you know just as I think about all the different breakouts that we planned and led and got feedback on. Some of the the standout things that I heard over and over again, um, anything dealing with counseling was always mm-hmm. I always got positive feedback on because I think mm-hmm. our people feel unequipped for unique counseling needs like mm-hmm. you know, anxiety, depression, suicide, those types of things. Yeah. Also, anything that we did on how to biblically but lovingly address um, gender and sexuality issues, yep. those yep. were always so huge and again I think it revealed that our people just didn't feel like trained in seminary exactly for how to handle that I mean I'm I'm sure they knew so here's a few verses that I can you know pull together to um, help formulate my theology on this but to really you know know how to minister on campus or in a youth group with either students who are dealing with same-sex attraction or uh, Mm -hmm. Mm you know, with students who whose best friend is asking about transitioning their gender. Yeah, you know, yeah. feel so not prepared for that to do that well. Um And then I think too, some other topics are just communicating, uh, social media, marketing. You know, those are things I think everybody feels like, oh, this is such a need in my ministry, I ought to be doing this better, mm-hmm. I do this more. But I think they didn't feel you know, they don't feel like that's something they got trained for they feel like they're not doing it well enough. Um, but I think they also feel the time crunch of like, I don't have time to figure this out and do this better. So those are some needs that definitely um, are standouts that that I've experienced.
0: Yeah, that's really helpful to process mm-hmm. and consider is that thinking about, it's kind of a perfect storm of leaders are feeling a little bit discouraged and isolated and their own personal mental health may be struggling and then they have all these students that are struggling yeah. with it too. And mm-hmm. they have no idea about how to deal with all these things that are just complex. And so I think there is a need for leaders and even event resources and conferences, but mainly just a coach, someone you can talk, talk oh, over yeah. things with. Yeah. And uh, that's what you're doing, Bill, across Texas. You're getting to mentor mm-hmm. and help a lot of leaders there. And I love, and the college campus is like the front lines of the battleground. Mm-hmm for these things and for the next generation. And so I'm so glad that you are, you're on the campus. Like you've been focused on college ministry, how long? And uh, why do you think college ministry is so strategic? And, uh, and then my follow-up to that is what do you see as a key to the health and growth in the field of college ministry as a whole? So kind of two things. Why do you think it's so strategic and what, what do you see kind of big picture for college ministry to grow healthy across the nation?
2: I mean, obviously those of us who have given our life to college ministry have probably a lot of reasons why we think it's so important and strategic, but um, I think it's just such a unique mix of potential with college ministry, next-gen ministry, that there's this great potential in the student, but also this great openness to knowing that their whole life is in front of them and they're making all these key decisions about their future. So just the the opportunity to impact them with the gospel and for Christ as they're making all these lifelong important decisions is, is just, is, is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think also there's a unique freedom and availability that they have now. Maybe a lot of college students wouldn't say that they're like, I'm right. the first <laughs> first in the world and uh, you know, there's no, no room in my schedule, but we know the reality is, Uh, they have a lot of freedom in in how they spend their time and they have a lot of availability to say yes to whatever, you know, God might call them to um, because they're not tied down. I mean, even if you have a family and a job and all that, that shouldn't keep you from saying yes to God. But I think some of those things that more easily tie people down, they don't have. So uh, just the sending potential there is huge. Also, I think if you think about just the world coming here, I mean, internationals, especially in college ministry are studying on our college campuses and not just any international students, but the world leaders have come yep. here, and we have such an yep. opportunity to, to reach them during those times. So I think those are some key reasons why um, college ministry is so strategic and important. There's, there's lots, tons of others as well, but uh, mm-hmm. I think kind of the second part of your question about, some ideas on how do we, you know, keep moving that ball forward, I think one thing is, especially for those of us in Baptist world, we have to be uh, creative with our funding. I mean, expensive Mm -hmm. to do college ministry, and historically, you know, funding has, has happened one way. There's definitely been, even over the last 20 years, a lot of changes there, but um, if we're not careful, I think we can become budget limited and not vision driven in the areas That's of the industry. And yeah. so I, I would yeah. really encourage people that are engaged in college ministry to not not be afraid to dream and let you know kind of the budget put a lid on on what you would want to see God do. Um, I think also just mentioned it a little bit earlier, but embracing all models that there's so mm-hmm. many college students, so many lost college students. We need as many people at the table reaching students as possible. That's right. And, That's good. Uh, so continuing to celebrate anybody that wants to be at the table reaching college students. Yes, we, we need that. We want mm-hmm. that. And mm-hmm. um, let's all work together to do that. And then too, I would just say an overall focus on lostness and sending students. If there's, if there's somebody that wants to, be a naysayer of college ministry, or you know, say it's too expensive, or you know, any of the the barriers or reasons that you know, especially like Baptist systems might you know want to put up against it. If college ministries are impacting lostness and seeing students come to Christ, and we're seeing students sent to the nations and are, and you know throughout North America reaching pockets of lostness, like those are just things you can't argue with, and you can't help yeah. but right, and you can't help but want to do and be a part of. So I think as we continue to just emphasize and and grow in those areas, um, it's going to help college ministry grow across the board.
1: Yeah, Bill, that is so rich, man. I love that. Just how you broke down. We need all forms. We need all strategies at the table. Um, We're better together. When you think of 21 million college students and the vast Mm -hmm. majority of them don't know Jesus connected to Mm -hmm. the local church. And, And then I also love, you know, uh, what you're alluding to of, of utilizing those single years. Um, and, and I think, and I think that's a charge to us as ministries and as churches is to help singles live on mission. I think sometimes the church thinks their mission is to help singles get married and it's not, <laughs> it's our, it's our calling to help singles live on mission mm. and to thrive in those years that God's given. So thank you so much for Bill, Bill for that. And so, um, as you can tell, listeners and friends, just the depth of the wisdom and experience that Bill has. So Bill, I, I want to toss this next question to you real quick. Um, if you could sit down uh, with a next-gen leader, uh, a brand-new BCM or BSM director, a brand-new college pastor, brand-new youth pastor, and you could give them one piece of advice of starting out in their ministry, what would you tell them? Yeah. Um I'm gonna cheat here too and
2: give you two. The first one I alluded to earlier when I was sharing my story, but it would just be keep coming back to the gospel. When I look back over, I don't know, 20 plus years of college ministry, the times that I wanted to drift back into, I have legalistic tendencies. And so when I wanted to (laughs) back into leading in, in legalism or when I started feeling burnt out or when I felt discouraged by ministry results, now it's easy to look back and see that those those also often overlapped with times where I was ministering out of my own strength and out of, you know, partly maybe my own desire to make my, you know, prop myself up and not out of the place of really understanding that God has met my greatest need through Jesus. And wow. the times where I look back and realize, like, that's what I was operating out of. Those were the most fruitful and enjoyable and you know, meaningful periods of ministry for me. So man, Mm. I encourage any ministry leader, but especially with next gen leaders to to constantly come back to that. Also, I think it's good. A college ministry, like that's what's going to be attractive to students. They're not looking for, yeah, they don't want to be about sharing a list of rules for people to get on board with. They're not looking to, you know, tell their student, you know, their classmates about um you know, some awesome church building to come see, but if we can connect them to the grand story of Jesus, like that's what they that's that satisfies and that um, draws people in. And so you know, I have to stay in that place too. Um, that's good. And then I think the other one is just remembering that there's always going to be stuff that's going to want to draw draw you away from yep. the the main lane of college ministry. That's right really engaging law students on campus, there's always going to be administrative tasks. There's always going to be cliques in your ministry that you, you know, want to break up and that are going to be nagging you to do certain things. There's always going to be, you know, immature Christians in your ministry that you feel like you're trying to, um, that can eat up a lot of your time. Mm -hmm. You can't ignore all that stuff, but you can't let that, if, 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 if I wasn't careful, that would sap all my time and energy and draw me away from what was really most important. If I didn't intentionally say, I'm going to protect this part of our ministry and this time that we're going to spend out on campus or engaging law students and uh, you making sure that those things stay forefront.
1: Man, what a great reminder. And, uh, you know, I've I've heard somebody say this before. Um, We never drift towards living on mission, we always drift away from it. So we always yes. got to fight to get back into that lane and to stay in that lane. That's so good. So with that in mind, uh, Bill, we always close uh, our conversations with our guests with the same on mission charge that the heart behind the Next Gen on Mission podcast is to see the next generation realize they are the now generation, not the future of the church, but the church right now that they have a mission on their life. Now they're called to live on mission. Now, would you give us one closing thought on this?
2: Yeah, so I think for both college ministry and youth ministry, strong leadership is critical, but I don't think there's anything that can replace students reaching students. Yeah. so if yeah. we're only focused on preparing our students for future ministry,
1: we're
0: mm.
2: our greatest ministry asset for for doing ministry now and reaching students now. so um I think maybe then one practical step and really it's more a practical question is just uh, encourage you to stop and evaluate your ministry and ask, are you coddling or are you releasing? And well, I can think of times of ministry where I did both and it's, yeah. you know, easy to fall into that. But um, I think about this kind of unique season in, in Texas BSM, I think it's partly coming out of the pandemic. I think it's partly because this, we talked about Gen Z being more post-Christian and there's an openness to spiritual conversations, but we've seen just droves of college students accepting Christ. Yeah, Think about the campuses where that's happening the most. It's where we do this part well of really training students to engage and share Christ, and um, seeing students accepting, you know, an invitation to know Christ from another student. It's not just our staff that are going out and doing it, but it's really raising up students to be able to do that, and as we are doing that in some places, just tons
0: and tons of response. So has been really exciting to see. Mm. Wow. That is, that is so good. And it's, it's a shift from the students helping you with your ministry to your helping the students with their ministry. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bill, I've always seen you as that type of leader, that hero maker yeah. type leader. Um, even just in all the different roles that you've had, you always kind of, you're happy to play the behind the scenes role. And as long as the ministry is happening. And so that's with our listeners, man. Don't don't worry about being in the spotlight. Like, let other people do it and leverage their their gifts. So thank you so much, Bill. Um, how can people connect with you moving forward? Um, I'm on Twitter,
2: Facebook, Instagram, all the social channels. Uh, nice. You can definitely find me on the Texas Baptist website. Uh, email address bill.no at txb.org. And happy to connect and help any way that I can.
1: Awesome, Bill. Thank you so much, my friend. Been such a rich, deep conversation. So practical as well. And friends, thank you so much for listening to the Next General Mission podcast. We know that you were probably encouraged by this conversation uh, just like we were. Uh, I was uh, learned new things and also were reminded of things that I already knew that need to put in practice. And I know that's probably true for you as well. Um, if this conversation generated any questions for you, then hey, don't hesitate to reach out. We want your questions. So feel free to email us at evangelism at nam.net, and We'll try to answer those and even address those on future podcast episodes and conversations. Also, if you're enjoying the Next Gen on Mission podcast, be sure to give it a a like, a follow, uh, a five-star rating. Paul says only five-star ratings are allowed. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So give it a five-star rating. Uh, share it with your friends, other leaders in your context. And we pray that you have a great rest of your day and tell somebody about Jesus.